0: This week we're going to talk about discipleship. We're going to talk about how we as believers are called to make disciples. Now, being a disciple maker doesn't mean that you're a pastor. It doesn't mean that you um, go to Bible school or that you go to follow some special program and now you're ready to make disciples. In scripture, the idea is that we make disciples as we're learning. All you have to be is one step ahead of somebody to teach them something, Right? As a teacher, all you have to be is one lesson ahead, and you can teach the class something. Now, I, obviously, the more that you know your content, the better you'll be at it, but the idea is that you don't have to be some special Christian to make disciples. In fact, all Christians are called to make disciples. If we wait um, till we're perfect, you'll never start perfect making disciples. If you wait till you're perfect to share the gospel, you'll never share the gospel. If you wait till you're perfect to to take someone along and be like, look, this is how the Christian life is lived, you'll never end up doing it. You'll never end up doing it because you're not ever going to be perfect. You're never going to know enough. You'll never feel like, I finally, like I've achieved like this place where I know more than everybody. And I'm going to just share all this amazing knowledge that I have. So, the idea of, of discipleship is simply taking others along as far as you are in your journey, as far along as you are in your, in your discipleship of Christ. And so discipleship is not about making disciples of ourselves. Right? I didn't plant this church to make a bunch of Stevens, right? And that would be a terrible church, right? Because there are areas where I, I am severely lacking, and that's why for the body we all have different things to offer. But scripture does talk about imitating one another. When somebody see, when you see somebody's good at something, you go, okay, teach me like, how, what are you doing there? How are you doing that? How are you successful at that? Teach me. And then as we imitate one another, we become more and more like Christ as we are also imitating Christ. But there's an aspect of discipleship where you say, hey, this is how I'm doing it because this is how somebody taught me to do it. And this is what the Bible teaches. Like, let me show you. Now, I want to say that we're going to go into how we imitate each other, how we teach each other, how we follow one another in discipleship, but ultimately we are making disciples of Christ, not of ourselves. And church always gets um, thrown off when people start making disciples of themselves, not disciples of Christ. Now, Jesus made it clear that being a disciple is an absolute essential part of being a Christian because the word disciple was what was given, not the word Christian. Christian never really shows up in, in, um, Christ, the early church. It was something that they were called by others, but they called themselves simply disciples of Christ because that's what Jesus called them in Matthew sixteen twenty four, It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Ultimately, it is about putting our own life aside to follow Jesus. Our life gets set aside, our desires, our our will gets set aside to follow the will of our Creator and Savior. Ultimately, it's about following Him. Here's the thing, the Bible says over and over again that Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He created the universe. He created all things. And Jesus holds all things together. The breath we breathe, the life we live, he holds all things together. And then we question whether or not, when he says this is what's best for life, we question if he's right. Don't we? We, We're like, I don't know though, Like that seems hard, or I don't really want to do that. And it's like, well, He created life. He created joy. He created your emotions. He created everything. He's holding it all together. And then He says, this is the best way that life is lived. And we go, are you sure? Are you sure? Following Jesus is the best life lived. And as we're following Him, as we're diving into deeper and deeper relationship with the Savior of the world and the Creator and Sustainer of the world this amazing Jesus. We're going to start saying, this really is the best life lived. I want to share it with others. And it seems difficult. It seems hard. It seems like denying myself. I like myself. I don't want to deny myself. But we say, look, it actually leads to the best possible life. Deep inner peace and inner joy that you can't find in money. You can't find in other relationships. You can't find in fame. You can't find at work. You can't find this fulfillment, this true joy, true peace anywhere else. It's only finding Jesus. And then you just want more and more people to experience that same thing. And that's what discipleship is. To put it simply. Now, discipleship, it's one of those words that it sounds a lot like the word discipline. Right? And so we think, okay, discipleship is like, it's this hard thing. Like, people aren't going to want to do it. If I'm like, hey, like... Do you want to be my disciple? They're going to be like, you arrogant punk. Like, I don't want to follow you. <laughs> right. And so it seems like this thing that like, it doesn't seem that inviting or it seems difficult or it seems like maybe you're trying to make disciples of yourself. I want to read this first because it just gets the heart of what discipleship is actually about and what you're offering someone when you're like, Hey, let me just show you what I know. Let me just show you what scripture says. Let me show you what I'm experiencing. This has really the heart of what discipleship should be. It says in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, this is Jesus speaking. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that beautiful? You think of a yoke, you think of a burden, you think of it as heavy, you think of it as something you don't want to take on. But Jesus is like, no, 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 listen, it's my yoke and it's my burden. Right? We always miss that part, though. In the other places, Jesus says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light, or maybe it's flipped. But the idea here is that we miss the part that it says, my. Right, It's still his yoke and it's still his burden. And so when we enter into discipleship, we, we have to understand that this isn't some really hard thing that you have to accomplish The discipleship is about a relationship with Jesus, where He carries you in His strength and in His power, just like He did on the cross. Right? His grace didn't stop at the cross; it just began there. He has so much more grace for your life. And sometimes we enter into discipleship, we're like, "Okay, I got to muster up. I got to. I got to be a better Christian. I'm going to read my Bible seven times a week. Okay, I read it one time a week. I'm going to shoot for two times next week." Right? We're always like trying to muscle up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do all these things. And it's like, no, like, we need to just receive the grace from the Lord. Realize that it's His burden. It's His yoke. We're going to do it in His strength, by His grace, and His power. And that's why we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our life every day. Not just on the Sundays where we sing that song, right? But every moment. Like, Lord, I'm struggling. I'm being tempted. Or, Lord, I just don't feel it. I'm apathetic. I'm just not excited. You don't have to force yourself to do it. You simply go back to the one who gives grace and strength and go to him and he gives you the grace and the strength to move forward on his, in his calling and in the life that he has prepared for you. Now, as we are following Jesus, being disciples of him, the most natural thing for us is now to make other disciples, to bring others along in this journey. And this is not a new thing. It wasn't something that Jesus told the disciples at the end of his ministry. It's actually the thing that Jesus first told them at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew four, when he's calling his his disciples, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay. The very first thing he, he he says to them is, Hey, if you follow me, I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. I'm going to teach you how to bring others along. So right from the beginning, the calling of a disciple was to make other disciples. Right from the beginning, Jesus makes that clear. And then, of course, when Jesus ascends into heaven after the resurrection, and he gives his final words to the disciples, his first and his last words are very similar. And his last things he says to the disciples, he says... All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the commandments, uh, all that I have commanded you, and to, and lo, sorry, I am with you always to the end of the age. So he begins and ends his calling with the disciples to make other disciples. This is very clear. In the calling of making disciples. I'm going to go through a bunch of more scripture here. And, and it's a lot of scripture, but I want to paint a picture that is really clear in scripture. That disciples make disciples. In 2 Timothy two two, it says, Then my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Right? Paul's charge to Timothy is, hey, Timothy, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We could have like great, 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 great grandchildren in the faith in one lifetime. If you make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. But do you notice what he said first? Do you guys catch what he said first? He said, then you... Or you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Discipleship is really difficult and unappealing, unattractive, when you're not doing it in the strength that comes from the grace of God. When it doesn't naturally pour out of your own Life, when it doesn't naturally pour out of your own relationship with Christ, it is not something um, that you're going to enjoy doing. It will not be an easy thing. We have to continually go to Jesus, we have to continually be in relationship with Him. And I know some of you are like, Yeah, I know that. I know. But, you know, I know my own heart. I know how I operate sometimes. And I know how people who are in ministry operate sometimes. And you know what? They're always confessing, I'm working in my own strength. I feel like I'm working in my own strength. I'm burned out. I'm tired. I've been working in my own strength. And the simplest of things are often the things that we think are so simple we think we're past it. We never get past getting our strength with Jesus. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a day or 80 years. It doesn't matter. You never graduate from the grace of God. You never move past it and go, okay, what's next, Lord? I got that whole thing figured out. What can I do? We never stop needing Him. And in everything we do, in mission and calling and evangelism, and every good work and deed that we we are called to do, it is all based upon the strength that we get from the grace of God. It can never be anything else. And the only way we get it is being in relationship with Him. Just, just drawing near to Him. Not in our own strength, not in our own efforts. I want to read some text here in 1 Thessalonians. Keep all this in mind that it's it's about making other disciples of Christ as we follow Christ, we get our strength to do it from him though. But look at this. This is first Thessalonians one. And this is Paul talking to arguably, it seems like one of Paul's favorite churches. He seems to really like them and be really proud of them. There's some disciples of his that he's just so excited about everything they're doing. And just listen to the words that he's speaking to these disciples who he's away from. He says, we give thanks to God always for all of you. Constantly. Mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith in the labor of love and the steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to the son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, whom delivers us from the wrath to come. Paul says, I'm so proud of you guys. Like I, everything I hear is that you imitated us and, and the Lord. So much so that there's an entire region that is talking about how well you are following Jesus. They are so blown away by the the reputation that you have. It's passing out throughout all these regions. Because you guys are turning from sin and following Jesus. Serving the Lord. Making disciples. Imitating us, the apostles. And then moving forward and and imitating each other in generations. They had this reputation for being these solid disciples who loved the Lord and imitated the apostles. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was the reputation of our our church? That like when other churches spoke of us, even when unbelievers spoke of our church, they said, man, they're like, They really love Jesus. Like they seem to be imitating Jesus more than anything else. They seem to care more about what Jesus says about how life should be than the culture says about how life should be. Their reputation is great. They're turning from all the idols to all the sin in their life and they're just following the Lord. They're following Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was our reputation? I don't know what our reputation is. I haven't asked a lot of people. (laughs) Right? Because we're tiny shirts. Most people haven't heard of us. How do we get there, though? Right? Let's just assume we're doing well. Okay? Let's assume we're doing well. You know, I'm sure the Lord will tell us certain things uh, when we get to heaven. Like, hey, some of the areas we are doing well, some of the areas you're doing well, you know, he'll tell us and, We'll we'll be broken, and then he's going to wipe all our tears away. We're going to be eternally with him, and it's going to be amazing, right? Because those sins are forgiven if we're feeling But let's just say we're doing okay. We're not doing great. We're not doing bad. How do we we get better at imitating Christ as we imitate each other and helping each other? Paul, in the next chapter, tells the Thessalonians, he kind of reminds them of the work that he did and how he did it. I believe he's telling them so that they will continue to do the same for others, the next generation of believers. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, it says, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother, taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Isn't that really similar to the heart of Christ when he talks about discipleship? When he talks about taking that, he's gentle and he's humble. And he, you'll find rest for your souls when you're following him, when you're learning from Jesus. And then Paul says, when we taught you, we were gentle and we were loving. And we were so much so that we were like a nursing mother taking care of our own children, which is, you know, a little bit weird, but at the same time kind of sweet. <laughs> All right. It's kind of a gross image (laughs) in a certain sense. But in another sense, like, there is something about nursing a child. I don't know, right? Okay. (laughs) There's something about nursing a child that is very, like, it's just a very motherly, like, I'm taking care of you with my own body. I'm giving myself to you in a sense. I mean, can you think of anything else where you're taking care of this tiny little brand new human baby can't fend for themselves and you're you're feeding them from your own body it's actually a very beautiful symbol of what discipleship should look like paul says that we were so desirous of you we were ready to share with you not only the gospel but also ourselves our own selves because you were so dear to us discipleship doesn't work when it's just content And in the Christian church, we make that mistake a lot. If I just share the right content with them, then they'll know what to do and go do it, and I can leave. But discipleship isn't very effective as just content. The gospel isn't very effective as just content. The gospel is effective because it's a relationship that people get to experience with their Savior and Creator. In the same way, discipleship is much more effective when it's not simply content, but it's relationship. A relationship where you were willing to give over your complete self to that person and say, look, I want to help you in any way. And that is so difficult to do because we don't like to deny ourselves. And discipleship takes denying ourselves. It's not like, okay, if they read these scriptures here and take them through this 12 week program. And then I'll buy them coffee, like, maybe six out of the 12 weeks. They can pay for their own half the time. <laughs> you know? And then I've got this little program, and then, you know what? Then they'll be a good Christian. It doesn't work like that, does it? Not, now, I'm not saying that taking them through Scripture and valid points and, and valid um, content is bad. It's a good thing. But if, that, if it's just a class, like, it's not going to be very effective. Discipleship works when it's life on life. When you are by example showing them what it means to be a servant. Christ came to serve. Right? The king of the universe washing feet. And we think that discipleship means I get to be a leader finally. You know? You get a little strut. Follow me everybody. I know the keys to eternal life. (laughs) But that discipleship isn't about like getting a bunch of followers. Discipleship is about coming and like bowing yourself beneath someone, washing their feet, taking care of their needs more than your needs. Discipleship is humble. Being a leader in the Christian church is, is, is a humble thing. I'm going to change my title from pastor to feet washer, <laughs> Right. But that's the idea like, that that should be the idea it is that we're serving them. And then they go and serve others. In discipleship, there's not a lot of room for, there's no room for arrogance and pride. There's no room for like commanding and, and being rough with people. It talks about being gentle. Even when we're rebuking someone, the Bible says be gentle and peaceable. Love them. Try to understand where they're coming from. Don't just assume like we're so bad at that, aren't we, Christians? Like, oh, you, you've been screwing up. Get out of our church. It's like, like the only time you should ever be harsh is when there's like a heretic who's trying to totally screw up everyone's doctrines and like trying to take the church out. That's the only time that you're like, get out. That's the only time you see Jesus being harsh is when people were saying things that were contrary to the gospel and trying to lead people away from him. It's the only time. Everyone else, prostitutes, tax collectors, thieves, rich crooks. Who is he? He was always nice and kind and loving and gentle to them. Did he call them to repentance? Yes, but very lovingly. He said, come on, I have something so much better than that for you. And it's the same thing for us as the church. We are calling people to, to a better life. And we lead them by serving them. By being gentle with them. By being loving with them. Not harsh. And as they follow, as they get to know Jesus, as they learn scripture for themselves, they go and do the same for others. And if they don't, then you didn't do a good job of discipling them. If they just learn content and go and share content, but they don't learn to be humble and share also, then you didn't do your job as a disciple or as a disciple maker. Disciples need to make disciples. And what's crazy is that Jesus, this is his plan A after he left. He didn't stay around and just be immortal, continually doing miracles and and continually uh, having crowds around him. He ascended to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit who lives in us to do the ministry through us. That's his plan A. And it's how all of us got here. You are at this church right now. You are a believer right now because somebody invested in your life. Isn't that true? None of us would be where we're at if somebody didn't take the time, love us, forgive us, be patient with us, teach us, make sacrifices for us, and bring us along in the faith. None of us would be here. And that's how Jesus planned it. Disciples make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And generations and generations, 2,000 years later, Christianity has spread through most of the world. And it's beautiful. Isn't it? Because it is the Holy Spirit working in us. And in Ephesians 4, there's something just so awesome that is sometimes missed. And I, I probably have spoken on this, at, used this in messages before. But Ephesians four eleven says, And he gave... Some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to mature man to the measure and stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. It doesn't say he gave the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to do ministry. You notice that? says so He said he gave them for the equipping of the saints. That means all believers. The Bible, whenever it says the word saint, the understanding has always been all believers are saints because of the blood of Christ. We've been sanctified or, or being sanctified and justified. So we are saints. He says that so they equip the saints for the work of service or the work of ministry. So it isn't the job of the pastors and the leaders and those who have degrees in theology to do the ministry. It's simply their job to encourage believers to do the ministry, to do the service of the Lord. To find what their calling is in in life. To find what God has for them at their workplace in their relationships with their family? What's their role there? What has God planned for them there? How can they step into it? And then helping by serving them to do that. Right? As we teach others, they learn how to do ministry. And it would be like my hope that we're all so confident in sharing the gospel and answering questions that it's not like, hey, let me go ask Stephen. You know what I'm saying? Or let me go, eventually... We are all equipped. And we're all ready. And it's like we got an expert in everything here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I'm confident in what Scripture says about the gospel. I'm confident in what Scripture says about your life. I'm confident in what the Scripture says about sin and, 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 and the mercy and grace he gives towards it. I'm confident, and I'm going to share it, and I'm going to teach others in it, and I'm going to challenge them in it, and it's going to be awesome. But that happens when we're all serving one another, building one another up spurring each other along. And so, as we um, have been in this series for three weeks now, and we're about to do our official launch as a church, right? Because last year, our focus was a tiny little community group. We're going to plant a church, and we're going to build community. That was a really, let's just have a foundation of community, of friends and believers who love one another, care for another, And then at the right time, which through the Lord's leading, we've decided is next week, we would do more of an official launch and really try to bring more and more people in. And so that's what our launch is all about. But here's the thing. It's not about getting butts in the seats to deliver content. Right? It's not about filling up Cap City to deliver some content. The thing that we have to be ready for and the only thing that will cause success is we are ready to share our lives with people. And that is a lot harder than simply delivering a message. You know, as a, as a pastor, I had been a, a youth pastor before. I had been on teaching teams and leadership teams at, at different churches and church plants, right? And the thing that, like, you know, planting this church is like, I was like, I can, I can do a service and I can preach a message, whatever. But, like, the thing that sometimes you're on prayer for is just sharing your life, like making sacrifices, you know, and that's not just my calling though. It's not just my calling as the pastor to share my life and like do uncomfortable things. Like I'll, I want to be in, you know, at home, but sometimes the Lord wants me to here or there. The thing is, like, we're sharing our lives with people, and and when this launch next week comes, and however many people the Lord brings, right? However many of the people the Lord brings, we have to be ready. To share our lives with them, to make sacrifices for them, to teach them, to encourage them to imitate us in this community that I believe, you know, I believe our community truly does love each other. I personally have never been in a community that prays so much for sickness and for people who are hurting and things like that. And so there are things we're doing well, but we've got to grow in it, love each other more and more, pray for each other more and more, and then teach others to do so and share our lives with them. Because here's the thing, is like our, our, I'm going to say it again, our, our launch will not be excess, success if we have a bunch of butts in the seat, we share content with them, and then we don't share our lives with them. It'll eventually die out. And I cannot share my life with every single person. I'm there to equip all of us To be sharing our lives and serving one another. So that we'll be known in this city with the reputation of loving one another. So much so they give their lives for one another. And so if we enter into this launch and we we continue down the road of um, planting this church with a lot of selfishness. It's not going to work. With a lot of selfishness and judgment, we'll just be another church that dies out. But when we're a church that gives our lives to each other and to all the new people, and, and teaches them in the love, and we're gentle and and filled with grace, man, you you will never know what God will do with pe- a group of people completely surrendering their life to the Lord and to each other. There is no limit to what God can do. There's no limit the more we open ourselves up and say, Lord, give me strength to love. Lord, don't just give me strength to, to be a little bit better of a Christian not watch this or do that. But to like truly just love people, which is so hard to do sometimes. Right? But to truly just love and care and like put their needs first. And we do that by the grace of God. God's going to do some amazing things in our church. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord... Thank you so much for all that you are doing, all that you have done in this church, all that you plan to do, God. Lord, as we have been planting this church and and building community groups and all this, Lord, I pray that we just remember that it always has to be in your strength. Lord, as we plan for things in the future, Lord, lead us, guide us by your Holy Spirit. Show us our errors. Show us the right things to do and the things to stop doing, Lord. Lord, move us in the right direction, Lord, build us up in faith and so that we can believe that you're going to do amazing things in our church and in this city, Lord. Lord, build up our faith for next week. Lord, give us a boldness and excitement for all that you are doing. Lord, not just for a big service, but for people to love on, to care for, to share our lives with, Lord. Lord, give us this love, this gentleness, this faith that we need to continue as your church, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.